everyone. Welcome to Blackhawk Church. Welcome to all of you in the room with me, to all of you who may be watching online today. Hey to everyone at Blackhawk Downtown, Blackhawk Fitchburg, and across the hall in Blackhawk Traditions and Gospel Fusion. I am so glad to be here today. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Lynn, and I work with our college-age ministry. Um, so thanks for being here today or tuning in wherever it is that you're at. Now, we have been having an amazing summer here in Madison, and summertime is such a great time to travel. Maybe some of you are even watching right now while on vacation or listening to our podcast, hopefully some, from someplace really cool, or maybe there are people here today where you're visiting, like you're traveling and somehow somebody brought you to Blackhawk Church today. If that's you, welcome. My family recently went on a trip. We went to the beach in South Carolina, and we had an amazing time, all except for the traveling part, right? Traveling can be so stressful. Anybody, anybody have some stressful travels this summer? If you've been to the airport recently, you may know that there have been all kinds of delays and cancellations when it comes to flights. It's made traveling even more stressful. Now, speaking of airports, have you ever gotten stuck in one? I can remember a time in my early 20s when I was traveling. I was flying home from a mission trip, and on my way, my connecting flight got canceled. And I thought, well, hey, this is a great way to save money. Instead of getting a hotel, I'm just going to stay at the airport overnight. I thought, wow, what a genius idea. You know what? Let me just save you the trouble. It seemed like a great idea at the time. It is not a great idea. If you have the choice, do not do this. But you know, at first it was kind of fun when all the stores and the restaurants were open. I got myself an overpriced coffee, got myself some food, made some phone calls. I was making the most of it. Until evening started to come, and all of a sudden, all of the stores and the restaurants, they, they close at night. I don't know if you knew that. They close at night. Everyone had gotten on their flight or made the wiser choice to stay at a hotel. And so there I was, hanging at a random gate all by myself, feeling very vulnerable and a little bit afraid and realizing how exhausted I was from traveling. I knew I needed to get at least some sleep, so you know, I buckled my duffel bag to my body and I got in those airport chairs and I tried to get comfortable, but let me tell you, those chairs, they are not, not designed for comfort. It's almost as though they don't want you staying in the airport overnight. <laughs> I was in a strange place. I was on guard. I was constantly checking my surroundings. I was looking over my shoulder. But it is hard to sleep when you can't trust anyone around you. Today, we are looking at a psalm that travelers used to sing while on a journey, and they would sing it so that they'd be reminded that even in a world filled with dangers, there is a God we can trust. We have been going through our Summer in the Psalm series, and each week, we've been looking at a different psalm. And this week, we're looking at Psalm 121, which I happen to love. It's a psalm of ascent. Psalm 120 through Psalm 134 are grouped as the psalms of ascent because they were sang by travelers while they were on their journey. They were sang by the Israelites as they made their way to Jerusalem for the yearly festivals. Now, they made this trip three times a year, and along the way, they would sing in order to feel secure and to ultimately renew their trust in God. Now, wherever they were coming from, we know that they were headed uphill to Jerusalem. They were literally ascending. That's why it's called the Psalms of Ascent. And along the way, they would have faced all kinds of stress 
and anxiety. They didn't always know how things would work out. They didn't always know if they were going to make it safely. You know, when I was at the airport, I felt so vulnerable and unsure about my safety, and I imagine it was probably a lot like that on their journey, always looking over their shoulder, always questioning, are we safe? So they would sing Psalm 121. It was likely the last psalm that they would sing before going to sleep while traveling, and it was meant to encourage them to help them renew their trust in God. With that, let's go to the psalm together. Psalm 121, a psalm of ascent. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I love this psalm. This psalm is encouraging. It's all about how God is with us, and he's watching over our lives. Look how many times it says he watches us in the psalm. Look at this. He watches, he watches, he watches. It goes on. It says he watches over your life. He watches over your coming and going. He watches. Now, some of you may already be stuck on verse seven, so we're just gonna go there for a minute. Verse seven says this. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Okay, so for some of us today, this verse may feel loaded. If you're like me, you may see a verse like this, and right away, you have all kinds of questions. Like, wait a minute, what is going on here? The Lord will keep you from all harm? Is that, like, all harm? Like, all forms of harm? Is that what this verse is saying? What's happening here? Did these people just live easy, pain-free lives? Well, of course not. They were normal people, just like you and me, and hard things happened to them, too. So stick with me. We're gonna work our way to verse seven as we go through the psalm. But before we get going, it's important to know what kind of passage it is that we're looking at. Now, there are all kinds of genres in the Bible, all kinds of genres, but what we are reading in Psalm 121 is poetry. And here's the deal, we need to be careful how we read poetry. You see, a poem is not necessarily a promise. A poem can be a promise, but it's not necessarily a promise. You see, we have to understand what it is that the psalmist was trying to say. You know, the purpose of poetry, it's all about evoking emotion in us. It's about helping us to feel a certain way. And in this case, in Psalm 121, this is a psalm that travelers would sing, the Israelites would sing it, and the whole point was about renewing their trust in God. It's a trust song. It's a song that they would sing so that they would know and be encouraged. God is watching over our lives and we can trust him. So with that, let's go to the beginning. Verse one, it says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Okay, so right away in verse one, you might not have noticed it the first time we read it, but we see a clue here that the Israelites went through difficult times. It says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. 
Now, for most of us today, when we see the mountains, we think, oh, cool, the mountains, right? Maybe some of you are watching from the mountains today, or some of you went on the high school ministry's backpacking trip. You've been in the mountains recently. But even if you have no interest in ever hiking a mountain, I bet you can appreciate the sheer size and the beauty of the mountains, right? I'm a mountain girl. Like, send me the mountains. <laughs> I want to hike them. I want to camp in them. I want to take a nice scenic drive to the top of one. Yeah, they thought differently about the mountains back then. They thought differently about the mountains back then. When they saw the mountains, they thought, how am I going to get over that? Like, that thing's in my way. Right, it was a different time. They didn't have phones, there wasn't GPS. They weren't doing scenic drives for fun like many of us do today, and they certainly weren't hiking for fun. For them, the mountain was like an obstacle that they had to get through in order to get to Jerusalem. You see, for the traveler in Psalm 121, the mountains represent struggles. The mountains represent the difficult things that would happen that would come against them. So the psalm says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. It's saying, look, I've got struggles and they're surrounding me. Like they're over here, they're over there. There's a really massive one up ahead. But when I see the mountains, I look up and I'm reminded, oh yeah, that's where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I think about my life right now, I've got some mountains around me. And I've got some mountains up there, and it's like, I got to get through that somehow. (laughs) Right here, in verse 1 and 2, we are reminded that when we have struggles, we should look to God. He's able to help us. These first two verses really set up the rest of the psalm. The Israelites are on a journey. They're watching out for all kinds of dangers. They're trying to keep safe, yet they know that God is watching over their lives. The next six verses go on to talk about what that means, how it is that God is watching over our lives. So I want to take a minute and just talk about this concept of God watching us. Okay, you know, there are plenty of things that I like to watch. I like to watch the movies. I like to watch the books, really excited about the books. I like to watch the sunset. But these are all very passive forms of watching something, right? You can do this, like, from the couch, The way that God watches over our lives is not passive at all. In fact, it's entirely active. The word watch used in the psalm comes from the Hebrew word shamar, which means to keep guard, to preserve, to protect, to watch. This kind of watching, it's entirely active. You see, God set himself as the watchman over humans. He's not just sitting back casually watching our lives unfold from afar from some heavenly couch. No, he is involved. He's actually proactive in watching over our lives. What we're about to see in the next six verses is three main ways that God is watching over our lives. We're about to see that his watching is protective, his watching is intimate, and his watching is constant. So let's continue reading in the psalm. In verse three, it says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Okay, so right away we are seeing that God's watching is protective and he doesn't sleep. (laughs) Right now, I am in a season of life where honestly, I don't always get to sleep. (laughs) 
In fact, I keep a baby monitor right next to my face at night while I sleep so that I can constantly keep watch over my son, Clayton. You know, the baby monitor is amazing. You can adjust it so it'll notify you when there's sound or even movement. We have the camera attached to the corner of the crib so we can always keep watch over Clay. Well, sometimes there have been occasions where Clay has managed to get his whole leg through one of the openings in the crib walls. Here's what it looks like when that happens. I'll show you a picture. So here we go. Here's Clay, just out like the light, dreaming, no concerns here. He's sleeping. And you know, whenever this happens, I'm pretty much just on standby. It's like, I know he's going to cry when he wakes up. He's going to need me. Now, of course, he's not really stuck. His legs are hanging out, but he's not really stuck. But I know he's going to be startled. I know he's going to cry out. And when he does, I'm already there. I am always watching over Clay. I am always protecting him. This is what Shamar looks like. I am always watching Clay. I'm always protecting him. I'm always anticipating his next need or his next cry. All it takes is me scooping him up in my arms to remind him, you're okay, I'm with you. And just like that, I can return him to his crib and he can go back to sleep. You know, it's crazy to think that Clay has no clue that we're always watching over him. He's a baby. He's just being a baby. He's doing baby things. He has no idea. He can't understand that there's a camera and there's a monitor. All he knows is that when he cries out, we show up. This is what the psalm is getting at. God's watching. His watching is protective. When we get stuck, when we cry out, God is there, just like I am for clay. The difference is God never sleeps. Right, sometimes I forget to plug my monitor in and it dies, or I forget to turn the volume up. Guess what, God doesn't need a monitor. He's always watching over us. This is his posture towards us. He's always protecting us. It blows my mind to think that while I'm sleeping, the God of the universe is watching over my life. He doesn't tune out, he doesn't take breaks, he doesn't sleep. I can never escape his line of vision. For the Israelites on their journey, I bet these verses would have been so comforting. They would have been exhausted, traveling on foot, watching out for dangers like robbers and armies and, oh, the wild animals, right? Yet they knew that God was watching over them and he's able to protect them. We also see that God's watching is intimate. He cares about even the smallest details of our lives. His watching is intimate. Now, it's no secret that AJ and I love to hike mountains. And over the summer and over the years, we've been able to hike a number of 14ers. Now, if you're not familiar, a 14er is simply a super high mountain at 14,000 feet in elevation, okay? Now, today, I wanna tell you about a time that we attempted to hike to the top of a mountain, but we didn't actually make it to the top. I am talking about Long's Peak in Colorado. Has anybody ever hiked Long's Peak before in the crowd? Okay, you guys are amazing. Way to go, I mean that. Okay, so you guys already know this, but for everyone else, let me just explain to you about Long's Peak. So here's the deal. Long's Peak, it's considered one of the highest mountains in Colorado. But more importantly, it's considered one of the most dangerous mountains in Colorado to hike. 
And the reason for that is because after you've hiked six miles and gained more than 3,800 feet in elevation, you make it to a place called the Keyhole at 13,000 feet high. And it's here at this place, at the Keyhole, you know you've made it almost to the top. Take a look at this picture of me when I made it to the Keyhole on our trip. Now you, you really can't tell from the photo, but wow, right where I'm standing, I am looking down like the edge of the mountain. It's a steep drop off. And I'm shaking when this photo is taken from the high-speed winds. But here's the deal. Once you make it to this point, once you make it to the keyhole, the hike becomes seriously dangerous for the rest of the way. I mean, we were literally too scared to keep going. If you're not convinced how serious it was, just take a look at this sign that we saw as we approached the keyhole. So you see there's a sign for the keyhole, and then way up here, that's where I was standing in that last photo. Here's what the sign says. The keyhole route is a climb that requires scrambling on exposed narrow ledges, loose rock, and steep slabs. Sudden change in weather may create high winds, lightning, rain, hail, snow, freezing temperatures, and ice-covered rock at any time. A slip, trip, or fall could be fatal. Rescue is difficult and may take hours to days. Self-reliance is essential. Stay on route and be willing to turn around at any time. Safety is your responsibility. Um, yeah, we were like, thanks so much, but no thank you, I think we're good. I think I've seen enough of Long's Peak. Have you seen enough of Long's Peak? I think we're good, I think we got some pictures, I think we're ready to head back, you know, maybe make it back in time for dinner. But are you kidding me? I mean, it says a slip could be fatal. It says it could be days before help may come. Let's just say this sign did not exactly build confidence. When we realized that one slip could cost us our lives. We knew we weren't prepared. We knew it was time to turn back. So we headed back on the trail, and we never made it to the top of the mountain. Now look back at verse three. It says, he will not let your foot slip. God, the creator of the universe, is watching over our footsteps, and it says he won't let us slip. This is the opposite of the sign that we saw at Long's Peak. The sign that we saw at Long's warned us, hey, it could be days before help may or may not come. It basically said, you're on your own. Good luck, you know, keeping safe, that's up to you. But it's not like that with God. What we're seeing in Psalm 121 is that God's watching in our lives is intimate. It says, though, whatever mountain we may be facing and staring up at today, it says, though, God has a sign and it is staked in the ground and it looks a lot like Psalm 121. And he's reminding us, I'm with you. I'm your protector. You can trust me. The same God who is big enough to have created the universe is watching over our footsteps. It says he won't let us slip. This is wild. We have a massive God, yet he's personal, and he stays, like, by our side. That's what this verse is reminding us. We have a very big God, but he's close to us, and he bends down to help us. He cares about where we put our feet. He's watching over our lives. It's intimate, and we can trust him with every step. Let's keep going in verse 5. It says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. 
The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Okay, so these verses are really painting a picture for us of God's constant care in our lives. The psalmist is using extreme, saying, hey, if something happens in the day or in the night or anywhere in between, every possible situation is covered. His watching is constant. Remember, they were traveling in vulnerable times. They were in the extreme desert conditions. They had the sun blazing down on them. It wasn't uncommon for for people to get sick or even die from the heat of the sun. Even one injury could cost them their life on this journey. Sometimes it became about just surviving. It says in verse 5, The Lord is your shade at your right hand. What is shade? Well, shade, shade is like relief. You see, when we go to God when we're struggling, he can give us relief in whatever it is we're going through. If you need relief today, relief, it's in the Lord. You see, the people back then, they faced mountains. They faced seasons of just surviving. And today, we face mountains as well, and we too face our own seasons of surviving. Have you ever been through a season like that before in your life? I'm talking about a time where you weren't sure how you were going to make it through. Like, I know God is watching, but I don't really know how this is going to play out. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the other side of this mountain. I know I've had seasons like that before, seasons of surviving. One of them that always stands out for me in my mind and in my life was just after my freshman year of college. Uh, It was a really difficult time. It felt like my whole world had been turned upside down, like more of my life was unstable than stable. (laughs) Have you ever felt like that before? All sorts of things up in the air. I remember stepping back from going to school. I needed a break. I didn't know what I was doing. My family was going through a painful time. I was going through a breakup. I didn't have a strong community. I was working multiple jobs. And honestly, it felt like a painful season of just surviving. I couldn't see the end in sight. I honestly didn't know how I was going to make it to the other side of that mountain. But you know, when I look back on that time, I can see how God was with me. I couldn't always see it at the time, but when I look back, I can see how God was actually watching over my life. You know, he didn't pull me right out of that hard season in a moment. He didn't change all of my circumstances, yet I can see how he brought me relief along the way. I wonder if some of us today may be walking through a season of survival. Like maybe there's an area of your life where you're just not sure what's going to happen. Like you're staring up at a mountain and you're not sure how you'll get to the other side. It could be with a relationship. It could be with your job, maybe a living situation. Maybe you have a big decision to make or a conversation to be had or you're facing some kind of crisis. Maybe it's health-related or relational. There are all kinds of survival seasons. Psalm 121 can encourage us that no matter what we are up against, no matter what mountain we are facing, God is with us and is watching over our lives It is protective, it is intimate, and it is constant. It's as though whatever mountain we are staring up at, God has a sign there today to remind us, Psalm 121, I am with you. 
I am your protector and you can trust me. Whatever it is that we go through, God is with us. And now let's go to verse seven. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Can I be honest with you? I think it is so frustrating that the psalm says this. I mean, I wish it didn't say this, seriously. Because when people read that the Lord will keep you from all harm, we can so easily miss what the psalm is actually saying. This is not a promise. But when we read it, that's totally what we see. But think about it. The travelers singing in Psalm 121 they, they knew this wasn't a promise. We know they faced all kinds of difficulty, right? Look what they sang just one song earlier in Psalm 120. I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Look at another one they sang just a few after Psalm 121. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy on us, for we have endured no end of contempt. We have endured no end of ridicule from the arrogant of contempt from the proud. Here's another one. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? If you keep reading the Psalms, you'll see there's tons more just like it. All throughout the Bible, we see people who experienced harm. Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Jeremiah, Jesus, even Jesus experienced harm. The point is the people that were singing in Psalm 121 absolutely understood difficulty. They knew what it's like to face heartbreak, disease, disaster, and all kinds of loss, probably more than a lot of us in the room do today. So what is up with verse seven then? Why does it say, the Lord will keep you from all harm if that isn't actually true? Well, there are a few things that we have to know. First of all, remember what we're reading is poetry. And poetry is all about evoking emotion in us. It's meant to cause us to feel a certain way. Second, we have to remember the purpose of poetry, right? And when we remember the purpose, we'll see that, guess what? There are a lot of psalms that are all about pain and suffering, but this isn't one of them. Psalm 121 is all about encouraging us when we face mountains in life. Because when we face mountains in life, God is the one who can help us. Saying that God would keep us from all harm, that's like a poetic way of saying God is watching over our life and there is nothing that could ever happen to us that God can't bring us through. He can be trusted. You see, this verse, this, this psalm, it can help us with our perspective today. I mean, think about it. If God's people ultimately have eternal life, then what can permanently harm us? Absolutely nothing. There's a reality that God may not pull us through harm on this side of eternity, but eventually he will see us on the other side of pain and suffering. Look at the final verse. Verse eight says this, the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Forevermore is about eternity. 
is saying God is watching over our lives and he is with us now and for eternity, forevermore. This reminds me of the promise that we as believers have in Romans chapter eight, which says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is not poetry here. This is a promise. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. There is no mountain you could ever face, no thing that could ever happen to you that is too big for God to pull you through. He is with you and he is watching over you now and forever. And because of that, we can trust him. All of us, we are all on a journey and we will all experience seasons of facing the mountains, seasons of surviving. I'm pretty sure that every one of us has mountains in our life right now. For some of us, those mountains may be big. For some, they may be small. For some, they may feel downright impossible to get through. But we know that the travelers singing in Psalm 121, they were normal people, just like you and me. And when they faced the mountains, you know what they did to get through it? They sang this song. They sang it so they would remember and know that even in a world filled with all kinds of dangers, God can be trusted. Let's follow their example. As we look to the mountains in our own life today, let's remember where our help comes from. Let's lift our eyes to him. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the beautiful psalm that is Psalm 121. Lord, I pray for everyone tuning in, everyone listening. God, I pray that we would be encouraged today to know that you, the creator of the universe, you're watching over our lives. You care about us. Nothing can separate us from your love. God, I pray for the person today who just needs to be reminded you are watching over us and you can be trusted. I pray that we would walk out of this place changed by a message like this today, by the truth that God, you are with us now and forevermore. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.